the, then the thing that really sets me off is, well, once we have a vaccine, then everything will go back, back to normal. To normal. Yeah. And I say, you mean like the flu vaccine that's 8% effective? Doesn't work. I catch if, I mean, if I had a brake pad manufacturing company for cars and my brake pads were 8% effective, I would be out of business. George Floyd was not taken out because he was black. George Floyd was taken out because he was owed major drug money by Derek Shaven. When you're making vaccines that are 8% effective for the flu that you have to change every year, which, by the way, give most people that take them the flu, the flu. and you're going to tell me that this new, and they can't sue, you can't sue them for this right. without going through the VAERS court, which is a joke. And you're going to tell me that once we have a untested, brand new, rushed through vaccine, then everything is going to go back to normal? Good luck with that. I'll tell you what, they're going to test it in Africa like they're doing, kill a bunch of Africans, pay them off $1,000 per person, which is the maximum that they have to spend if they kill somebody. So they already know that because it's way cheaper to kill them there than kill them here. Found out what the Chinese Communist Party, the Red Dragon, is doing to these people and have been doing to these people for the last 20 years in China, sending hundreds and thousands of innocent Falun Gong practitioners, Uyghur Muslims, house Christians, and Tibetan Buddhists. Particularly, 95% of um, the victims are Falun Gong practitioners to be state-mandated hospitals, concentration camps, death camps, military facilities, uh, military facilities run by the Chinese military at the behest of the, of the highest-ranking officials of the Chinese Communist Party to create a illegal sanctions forced organ harvesting business hey how's it going everybody welcome back to another episode of the truth defender podcast we are coming to you from the greatest country in the world deep in the heart of the lone star state dallas texas i'm your host paul aguilar really appreciate you guys stopping in if you guys are watching us on youtube and you aren't already a subscriber please consider hitting that subscribe button um hit that bell icon so you guys don't miss an episode in the future as well as giving us a thumbs up that'll really help us out uh if you guys want to catch us on the go you can find us on spotify google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio at truth defender podcast uh we'll have all the social media linked down below twitter instagram facebook rumble all that good stuff um, also, if you guys have any questions or comments for myself or our guests, guests or topic recommendations, you can shoot me an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Back for a second go around is Mr. Jason McLean, artist, biblical, paranormal researcher, and podcaster. Uh, Jason is from my neck of the woods out here in Waxahachie. Yep. Uh, and Mr. Jason McLean, how are you doing, sir? So far, so good. Happy to be back. Love the show. Yeah, it's been a while. It's good to have you back. It has been. It has been. <laughs> yeah. So, so you're summing today is what I understand. Uh, yeah, a bit. <laughs> you're like, you're like, all the really good people just, you know, they all had Christmas stuff. So I'm just no, going to have no, this guy no, back no. on. No, actually we had, um, so we were, had this thing set up. It's kind of a weird thing. I mean, obviously the holidays are coming and like, I don't want to like reach out to people and kind of make them feel like they're obligated, especially over the holidays um so like yourself and i had another guest yesterday were like the only last two that i like reached out to and you know before the holidays there's some other people that were like mm -hmm. like yeah i mean the holidays are coming and i was like that's yeah you don't mm -hmm. have to say anything else you know we'll try to pick up next year or something but 
Um, I was just really ecstatic that you were able to come back on as well. You know, so oh, yeah. the holidays. No, I love the show. Happy to be happy to be back. Yeah, absolutely. I um, am going to be highly caffeinated though. I haven't really slept for like the last two days. <laughs> haven't yeah. gone to bed before like one or two. I'm like, I'm getting too old for that. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna be reaching for the caffeine every few seconds or so. Yeah, no, no worries. It's I actually slept pretty well last night. Just want to rub it in but yeah it was, it was, I was like oh you're rubbing in it's like <laughs> i'm young good looking and i sleep ah, no yeah it's it's so i have pretty bad in like i would say bad ish insomnia like it's you know i'm in the same boat mm-hmm. like anything before two o'clock is just not gonna happen like i'll lay in bed i can lay in bed like at nine o'clock and i'll fall asleep like at two two thirty mm-hmm. so it doesn't really matter like i'm still in that same space as well so um i feel you on that one i've it's i think the longest i've gone without sleeping was like two and a half days or something like that and oh i've done that yeah, yeah. I, I actually funny story so my friend my best friend was getting uh married i was uh the best man and so we we're doing stuff i i think i went almost two i was two and a half days almost exactly without sleep everything's done everything's shut down i've dropped off everybody at the airport and i'm still finally ready and i just and i'm like i gotta turn in the uh the i have to make sure everything gets in before uh, the the uh, tuxedo and everything gets in before the thing closes that day right i go home and i just collapse and then my dad actually comes in and he's like hey uh didn't you have to be at some place in like 30 minutes i'm like thank you uh, it was it was the worst. I mean, th- I started to hallucinate a little bit. Oof, yeah, like it's like you get you pull in, you're like, why is everything blue? <laughs> and it's just yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna say that that it, mostly it was the lack of sleep. It was mostly the lack of sleep, but there there may have been just teeny tiny amounts of alcohol included. You know, it's all right. You powered through that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah i mean so you know obviously one of the like the, the big reasons i wanted to have you back on so i actually read your book in one sitting so if anybody is considering picking up one of jason's books so how ufos and bigfoot prove the bible is true i actually sat and read through that like in an hour or so yeah it's real like short yeah. and the only reason it took me so long to read it was because i was taking notes on it and stuff but you could run through it you know 36 pages long it's jam-packed with information real real concise everything's real straight to the point um and so you know obviously people looking at the title like mm-hmm. how ufos and bigfoot prove the bible is true i mean i guess kind of can you kind of like lay out where you were kind of thinking at that time when you wrote the book or how like what you were trying to get the point across i wanted the title to absolutely get people's attention and be like wait what yeah uh i guess why i call myself a biblical paranormal researcher i want it I want the question to be asked. What does the Bible have to do with any of this, right? Uh, it's to get, it's to a, it, it's a message to Christians as well as to non-Christians, but it's to provide that perspective, right? It's to say to Christians, hey, this stuff is real. You have to engage in it, right? And then for those who, who aren't Christians, it's to say, hey, there is a biblical perspective to all this. And if you really look at the phenomena, it matches up much better with a biblical worldview than any other thing that you're looking at. So it was meant to be evocative. It was meant to be uh, controversial to attract attention. Absolutely was. Yeah. Yeah. And so I guess one of like the main reasons 
I guess maybe you can kind of go over why people would think that to believe in aliens or Bigfoots and such, to believe in one that you couldn't possibly believe that there was actually Jesus or like it would, it would contradict the Bible. Like what, I guess, I mean, I've heard that, I've heard that as well for, you know, for so many years and such that, that if you believe in aliens and you kind of don't believe that there's like a God or Jesus, you know, like, I mean, why is it so polarizing that you can't believe in one without believing in the other? Well, so, so there, th- this is a great question. And this is one of those things where it does, it, it, some people try to half, try to cut the baby in half and be like, well, maybe God's the God of all the aliens too. Right. And Jesus, it, it, it's like, or maybe it's just for our planet because we're the screw ups. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, you could argue that. Right. But if the basic proposition of you know from those who who, who believe in ancient astronaut theory uh to those who, who who believe that we are being visited by extraterrestrials from another planet we evolved randomly over there essentially it does it, it, in order for that universe to work then the biblical worldview cannot hmm. the biblical worldview is very explicit that earth is unique humanity is unique right. doesn't mean that there aren't all kinds of things in the universe but what it means is Humanity and our planet are unique. We are uniquely watched over. We are uniquely cared about. And every anyone who actually looks and talks about the, the UFO phenomena absolutely will tell you, and ancient astronaut theory, if, if ancient astronaut theory, if, if UFOs are real and these are extraterrestrials, then yeah, no. All the Abrahamic religions are gone. They're out. All religions are basically false. They are human interpretations of contact with aliens. That's the that's the basic premise. I wrote it specifically to say I, I I chose it very specifically to say UFOs because I don't believe in extraterrestrials. I want to be very specific. When I say extraterrestrials, I mean some uh, another sentient race that evolved by Darwinian means on another planet or in another realm of of reality separate from our own and is and has reached level of technology that is allowing them to visit us i don't believe that's possible i don't think that's reality i don't think that's even what we're seeing and the phenomena itself is telling us that that is not what this is and that's not just my opinion people like john keel uh I won't speak for for Nick Redfern, but there's there's right. You know, I know for a fact Nick Redfern doesn't agree with me. I've I've met him on many occasions. I consider him uh, an acquaintance. Uh, we're friendly, um, but I know he doesn't agree with my interpretation. But he also will say none of this makes sense if these things are what they claim to be. Mm-hmm. John Keel, these things are not what they claim to be. Jacques Vallée, these things. Um, all of the original UFO investigators came out and said these things are not what we think they are. They are lying to us about what they are. Straight up. They are not extraterrestrials from another planet. They are something else. Now, again, if you don't have a biblical worldview, if you and, and often people will reject uh, a lot of accounts because it becomes a little too weird for them, right? right? They hate the fact that uh, there are plenty of ministries that have, that have uh, recorded hundreds of cases of people ending encounters with UFOs or stopping an abduction, uh, ending the interference of these 
quote unquote extraterrestrials by using traditional exorcism techniques. They have, they clearly have a very, uh, and anyone who's had contact with these creatures will say, they do seem to focus on Jesus an awful lot. Say, no, 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 he's not what you think he is. You know, they're trying to tell us this other story about Jesus. Like, well, if that's the case, then why is it Christians can use Jesus's name and they run away? Right. Like the entire thing just stops right there. There is too much. And in fact, something that people tend to forget is it was very common and it's still commonplace for people to contact, again, extraterrestrials with seances, Ouija boards. Uh, I won't throw telepathy in there necessarily, but I mean, people do, do still try and contact them telepathically, etc. But my main thing is seances and Ouija boards. Why would that work if these are things from another planet? Right. I never got a call from somebody using a Ouija board to be like, oh, you're using a Ouija board. I, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why is it these creatures can defy all laws of physics? In, in, in fact, there was actually something that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to very poorly quote an article that Nick Redfern wrote. And he, he, he said this, and, or he wrote this down. And I was, it's like, again, I already had my opinion. I know what's, what's going on. But I'm like, he made a great point on this, which is these things are supposedly able to shut down people, right? Right. They can wipe our memory. They can uh, cloak their ships. They can do all these things. Why do we know they're even coming here? True. We should, if they, if they really could do these things, why do we even know that they exist? Right. Right. They are, they are very clear. There's so many stories that don't make sense unless the things wanted to be seen. Right. They wanted to be caught. It's, it's a setup. And let's take it one step further. Let's take it beyond the fact that Christians can't, that people who, uh, even non-Christians who, who people have become Christian because of their UFO encounters, because they do call out to Jesus, it stops. Right. Let's take it one step further. Why is it I can find dozens of accounts, me personally, I've got dozens of accounts of people who have had what would be a textbook, textbook UFO abduction, if it wasn't for the fact that the creature was red and had horns. Or was a giant bird, or a giant bird person, like a Garuda kind of a creature? Like, I've got dozens of stories of people being like, essentially, it's a straight-up abduction, but the creature came through the damn wall and, and, and was not a little gray man. He wasn't a giant insect or he wasn't any of these things. He looks like a demon. Right. Explain that to me. Explain why the guy who, I forget his name, I'm terrible with names, and I apologize, people. But the guy who started the whole Men in Black study, right, who, who the first person, he quit the whole thing because a, men, a man in black levitated through his wall. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. And by the way, if, let's just, let's just think this out. Why are they bothering to come here at all? Like, seriously. Unless, like, people don't do things for no reason, right? And, and people come up with all these theories, but it's like, if you can come here, right? If you can travel from some distant star or a different universe, and you can come here, why is it the best thing you can figure out to do is to anal probe a bunch of random people? <laughs> like, why is that your, why is that the agenda? And then let's talk about all these other 
uh, abductees um, that talk about having uh, these these hybrid children, right? right? All of these stories, it's insane. They they talk about being brought on the ship, and uh, there's one girl, very lovely person. I really wish I could I could find her, meet her, but she's all in on this, and she talks about how she she re, they had some she did a hypnotic regression right? right and she's brought on this thing as a child right she's told that her her offspring her hybrid offspring are developing properly and so they need to extract bone marrow from her okay a little weird uh, but I'll, I'll buy this story so far they then she then explains that they drilled into her bone mm. while she was awake without anesthesia and she felt everything and that they would pass through rooms where people were having sex with aliens. And I'm like, you're telling me, again, let's go back to these creatures have all these fantastic abilities, all of these powers, all of this technology that we really shouldn't even ever know that they exist. And they don't even have anesthesia. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like these things, like the entire premise of ancient astronaut theory is that these creatures have been coming here for thousands upon thousands of years they had some hand in our genetic manipulation to make us even human, and yet they don't know enough about us to use anesthetic. Yeah. Does that so, make any sense? No, you would think you it, no, it doesn't. So I mean, so obviously it's not what I say obviously. So do we I guess we're kind of on this on the path that maybe aliens and demons kind of manifest to people, I guess, through what they know the most or like what they can kind of, I guess, I guess. Well, we know that Satan can appear as a being of light, right? Right. So I guess they just kind of appear to people, just kind of what they know, what they're most most familiar with, I guess. Maybe somebody has an experience or they, they believe in it. Or it's deliberate. Or... Yeah. I mean, essentially yeah. what we have here is the same phenomena going on for thousands of years. We call them demons. Today, we call them aliens. And in fact, let's say one step further, there's no one who, who uh, in the UFO community or the in the ancient astronaut community, which is basically the same group, no one's going to argue with this statement. The gods and demons, except for, yeah, I, I'm going to say except for God, but the, 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 the little G gods, the demons, the angels of the past are the aliens of today. Okay. No one in the UFO community, no one in the engine astronaut community will argue with that statement. Here's the thing. I agree with that statement. They are the same thing. The difference between me and Giorgio Suclos is that I don't think they are ever aliens. They've always been demons. These are always supernatural beings. Aleister Crowley himself, the man who rediscovered Enochian magic and brought it to modernity, was taught by a demon. He called him a demon named Lamb, right? If anyone's ever seen him, go look it up. It's L-A-M. He looks like a gray alien. Like we would call him a gray alien today. Crowley's line was, yesterday we called them angels and demons. Tomorrow we will call them something else. The people who follow Crowley's teachings today, right now, because it didn't end with him, the people who follow him today will tell you that that the that Crowley's lamb was not one being, but a race of extraterrestrials that are also telepathic. They literally went from being demons to being aliens. Not a coincidence. 
these creatures are not what they claim to be. So if they're not what they claim to be, then they have to be something else. And the thing that they are not is the thing that they most obviously, or the thing that they, what they are not is what they most obviously are, which are demonic entities. This is not, and I would even say this isn't just demons the way we we in the modern West conceive of them, because I think we've been lied to a lot. Right. The, the modern church has lost a lot of understanding on these things. I do think that there are physical beings that are, you know, that are engaged in this, but it's not all of them. In fact, I would argue probably a lot, the vast majority of abduction phenomena uh, or, or encounters and experiences, et cetera, I don't think they were ever abducted. I don't think they ever left their bed. It was a spiritual thing that occurred to them. This is why they can appear and disappear at will. This is why they, they can, again, call it to Jesus and they're right back in their bed. They right. never actually left, right? But there are people who are legitimately being abducted. They are encountering physical creatures. Some of these craft that are not government, they're not experimental aircraft, that kind of thing. Some of them are physical. Absolutely. It's just not the majority. It's just, it isn't what we imagine it to be per se. Right. Yeah, and then I know it makes sense. You know, obviously people that were around in ancient times, you know, obviously te- technology-wise, it wasn't there. So, you know, they would, yeah, they were considered gods and such. Nowadays, you know, we've got all kinds of crap going on. So we just we just figured that, you know, since they're they're coming from somewhere else, that they just must be extraterrestrial somehow, or they're coming oh. from another planet or, you know, stuff like well, that. More than that, this is very much the whole ancient astronaut theory, the UFO phenomenon. This is not an accident. This is not uh, something we've come up with. This is the lie. Right. Okay. And here's how, and, and if there's ever any question about that, let's go back to our, our main man, Crowley. He had two very interesting disciples that he, he met and he taught. Jack Parsons of the JPL, and I, again, terrible with names, uh, L. Ron Hubbard of, of Scientology fame. They both, both of them, practiced Crowley's uh, occult magics. So please explain to me why the dude who had who founded the who founded JPL and the guy who created an ancient astronaut theory religion are doing practicing old occult old occult uh, Enochian magics and actually hacking off Crowley with by doing it. So he's like, guys, y'all are messing with stuff you shouldn't be messing with. It's like they were doing stuff that freaked out Crowley. Why are they, how, these things don't connect, right? Unless, unless they know that this thing here, the ancient astronaut theory, the UFO phenomena, this isn't what it is. They are helping sell a lie because they understood what they were, that they understood the lie that they were telling. This is not an accident. This is not something we're just interpreting this. No, they want to be seen this way. They want to be seen as extraterrestrials. They want, they, they've cleverly laid this lie for the last hundred plus years because this is, this is that next evolution of, of the original. I was watching uh, Ancient uh, Aliens a while back and I, stu- and I was like, holy cow, I can't believe they actually said this, right? Yeah. It was David Hatcher Childress and it hurt me because I love him. Uh, he, he, I, I remember running across his work in the 90s and he's pulling out this 
megalithic artwork and i'm like man this guy is amazing and i find out that he's an ancient alien guy and i'm like oh it hurts so bad but he said he's like these creatures are going to come and you know it's a bad quote but this part was his accurate he said you know the aliens are going to reveal themselves and he's going to say is he's we're going to be just like the gods i'm like that is literally word for word what satan tempted eve and adam with it's if you do this you'll you'll be wise just like god right so there's no coincidence it, what's what's even funnier is uh the ancient aliens crew they'll all tell you uh yeah i mean the serpent from the garden of eden that's the reptilian aliens it's a race memory of them bringing us knowledge and wisdom they're flat out saying that it's the same thing Again, we all agree. The difference is they think they're extraterrestrials. I'm here to tell you, no, we got it right the first time. These are demons. These are all satanic entities driven to damn your soul and to consume our society for their worship. They want to be worshipped by us. They want to bring the Antichrist, this one world government where, you know, you have to have something, uh, you know, some form of passport to buy or sell. There's a reason every major one, you know, every major empire in the world has tried the same things and they use the same symbology. They all do the same things because it's all the same spirit. It's the same spirit that drove Nimrod to build the Tower of Babel. It's the same spirit right now that's driving people. It's like, no, 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 you got to get the 12th booster shot to keep your, because otherwise you can't go into this country or you can't go into this a store to buy food or you can't go into this restaurant right it's all the same thing all the same spirit yeah it's it's kind of creepy how everything's kind of plan you know panning out right now and you can go to like australia or you can't go to australia yeah you can't go to australia right now <laughs> and nobody yeah. can leave and nobody can go in there and makes you wonder how they got uh, how they got omicron you know that the variant is you know the omicron variant is in there because you know it's fighting with the autobots to get the all spark and (laughs) you know so they can it can win their intergalactic civil war and bring evil to the world (laughs) yeah i remember seeing something like that there's this guy online and he was just like like how do we have like omicron if nobody could leave without having a vaccine nobody could come in without having a vaccine so yep. like, where is it coming from? You know, and it's just like, it's a good point. I mean, they're an island out there, you know, all by themselves. So, yeah, unless literally, it, unless it's like you're an there. island, are you telling me that the problem is the koalas? I mean, <laughs> it's like it. it uh, so, so let me say very, very quickly. So I'm not anti-vax. Mm-hmm. I've got my vaccines. My kids have their vaccines. I'm not even anti this vaccine. If you're over 65 or if you have certain comorbidities, it does. It is effective. But if you're under 65 and you have no comorbidities, I wouldn't touch this thing with a six with a 10-foot pole. I'm not gonna take it. My kid, I'm making certain my kids don't take it because it's a risk. If you're over 65, then yeah, getting COVID is a greater risk than the vaccine. If you're under 65 and you have no comorbidities, then COVID is a much safer route to take than what we are seeing with this vaccine, just straight up. There's no way around that. Wisdom would just say, hey. There's a way to do this that's reasonable. The fact that the government doesn't want us to go that way tells you everything you need to know. 
That's, that's all there is to it. This has nothing to do with health. It has nothing to do with their concern for your life because I assure you, there is no government agent that really, really, really deep down with all of their heart just really loves you and wants the best for you and wants to snuggle you in at night and kiss you on your little head and then leave some milk and cookies for you just in case you wake up. That's not how this works. They don't care about you. If you want to know that, if you doubt me, if you think for a second that I am wrong or exaggerating, ask yourself why Epstein could do what he did for 30 years. Everyone knew. We all know that they knew. John McCain's wife, after he died, she came out and said they all knew they were afraid. Before the uh, the tracker uh, we were talking about off air um, on, on Twitter got taken down, their last tweet revealed that what was revealed in the, in the court was that a lot of this evidence, right, that they got in this raid, this last raid that they did, right, yeah. they brought it in. It had all been tagged before by the FBI. The only way that's possible is if the FBI had all of these photographs, videos, hard drives, and thumb drives, reviewed them, tagged them, and then gave them back to Epstein. That means the FBI knew all of this was happening and did nothing. It, your senators, your Congress, unless they were elected this literally within the last five years, anyone who has been in, in, of, uh, in public, you know, power, if they were a businessman, all of them knew what Epstein was doing. Not one of them did anything. Your government does not care about you. None of this has anything to do with you or me having happy, lovely, prosperous lives. None of it. Because they're driven by the same spirit that built Nimrod's uh, Tower of Babel. It's the same spirit that, they, that they're running with. It's the same spirit that wants us to, that wants the world to believe in ancient alien theory so we can get rid of Christianity and we can, and we can, blend with islam we can have this nice big one world government yeah. that's what they want it's the same spirit that's driving everything and that's that in fact let me let me say this my friends i grew up with everyone who really knows me when i came out as a biblical uh, paranormal researcher they all kind of looked at me like that's weird now everyone <laughs> who's now everyone who watches me they're like man it's weird he's getting political with this i'm like i'm a very political person i really am I'm very much into politics. In fact, most people who do it like, what's this whole weird, why are you bringing Bigfoot and UFOs in with the Bible? In fact, I had a, a little bit of a revelation today I would like to share with you. And that is this. like, Why did I choose to go the way I did? Why did I choose to basically sacrifice any chance of having political influence, being able to, to speak on, on sh like shows like, uh, you know, they're more mainstream, right? Why did I sacrifice all that to talk about UFOs and Bigfoot and cryptozoology and, and creationism? Why did I sacrifice all of this stuff that big people say, well, this is the big thing. Why are you doing it for this weird fringe stuff? I did it because politics, philosophy, and culture are born out of, out of worldview. They are, they are the children of your worldview. I talk about what I talk about because it is the, these are the things 
that if if when people understand that they are true, then they understand that the Bible is actually true. And the, you know who has the biggest problem with that? Christians. Christians don't talk about the Bible being true. I had a friend, someone I'd known for decades, who had been a who much a man much older than myself. He's been a deacon for. He asked me this once, and it has stuck with me. And I don't think he's watching, but if he does, this has nothing to do with you. It was just such a profound statement, right? It has stuck with me because I think it is so indicative of the American church. He asked me, he said, Jason, when Paul says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and thrones, powers of the air, do you think he meant that literally? I'm like, yeah, of course he meant it literally. That's not a hyperbole. It's not a metaphor. That is what he's talking about. It's a real thing. He couldn't, a man who'd been a Christian longer than I had been alive, who's been a, he didn't understand that Paul wasn't speaking hypothetically. He wasn't trying to be verbose. He wasn't trying to create some sort of ethereal. He was saying very legitimately, there are, there are, and there are supernatural beings that run everything. All when you see the evil in the world that you see are expressions of these spirits at work. The biblical, yeah. the Bible, the Bible's very clear on this. We are in a spiritual war. Politics, philosophy, all of these things are expressions of your, of your worldview. If you believe that the Bible is true, you are going, I mean, really legitimately true. You're going to behave very differently. You're going to look at the world very differently. I focus on these things because these are the evidence that the Bible is true. And the more I look throughout history, the more I realize every time we stray from the actual text, we screw things up completely. Things go bad. The problem is we can't even get the church to read the text and believe it. They want to find some way around it. It's, well, maybe it's, well, maybe God used evolution. Fine. Fine. Let's say he did, but the overall narrative is still true. There was still a flood. Humanity is still created and is unique. I'm I'm willing to be flexible in a lot of things, so long as it doesn't do violence to the text. I think there are some interpretations that are valid, but I'm a young earth creationist because I can't see any reason not to be. And one of those reasons is cryptozoology. We talked about ufology and the fact that I don't think that they're aliens. Let's talk about the cryptozoology. Let's talk about the Bigfoot part of this. Cryptids basically break down into two groups. Supernatural cryptids, these are your lechusas, right? Your mothmen, well, at least some of them, at least some of your mothmen. Some other creatures, right? These are supernatural beings. They're obviously supernatural. But then you have other creatures. Maybe Bigfoot fits into this. Maybe he doesn't. But you have living pterosaurs. You have living dinosaurs. You have creatures that supposedly died out in the quote-unquote Pleistocene right? Hundreds of thousands of years ago, but we see them all today. I've seen one. Plenty of people have seen animals that were supposed to have been extinct thousands upon thousands, if not millions of years ago. So again, what is the most reasonable reason to have these creatures around? It's the fact that they didn't go extinct millions of years ago. They didn't go extinct. Most of them maybe have gone extinct, but they died out thousands of years ago in a catastrophic event that reshaped the world, fossilized their friends, fossilized their their tracks. That's why we find them. That's why we find human tracks 
with dinosaur tracks. That's why we find human and dinosaur tracks overlapping. That's why we can find pterosaurs here in North Texas. That's why we can have uh, aquatic creatures that appear to be like mosasaurs seen for centuries. Dragon myths. And actually, I have a thought, a new thought on some dragons, but we see dragon myths that read very much like a dinosaur. And, and and some of them have features of dinosaurs that we didn't even think that we didn't even realize they had until the last 10, 20, 30 years. The biblical worldview is the worldview that we, it's a representation of the world that we actually lived in or that we actually exist within. It was created. It is special. It is unique. It was created by an omnipotent power. There are other supernatural powers, different levels, different authorities. The world was perfect. We screwed that up. There was a catastrophic flood. It wiped out most of the life on the planet. Everything that has made it past that event, all the animals we have today, it's clearly only a handful that have offspring that have adapted to new regions. Right, right. That's why we have all these finches all over the world. That's why we have dogs all over the world. That's it, This is clearly what's happened. The animals that lived before in the perfect environment were much larger, more robust, longer lived. That's why we have crocodiles that, that, were, long, that were the size of trains. And right now we have <laughs> crocodiles the size of, a, of a, you know, a truck or a small bus. We had, we used to have armadillos the size of Volkswagens. Now they're, you know, little, cre- little fun things like to hop around and carry leprosy. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's like everything that lived back then was bigger, more robust. And everything that's that survived is now weaker. It's lesser than. That's exactly what we see in the biblical text. Again, we see supernatural beings that want to corrupt us, that want to procreate with us to create half-breed entities. They want to corrupt us with knowledge. That's what we're seeing with the UFOs. Why do you think they started off with Nazi Germany? Mm -hmm. And, of course, we adopt all this Nazi technology, this Nazi mentality, and now we've got all the technology. And And we've got all these aliens flying around abducting people and corrupting them and giving them knowledge that they were not supposed to have it's all the same story it's all playing out and it matches what the bible says is real the problem is we don't take any of it seriously not really and that's why i'm here that's why i wrote this book that's why i created the uh, society for the investigation and research of the unknown otherwise known as siru you can go to sirupapers.com. It has a link to all my books, all my work, my YouTube channel. And uh, we're trying to do some stuff over there, trying to showcase all the flaws of ancient astronaut theory. I've got a video on there about those little, you know, the little golden airships. They're like the, right. the, the, yeah, they're not airships. They are fish. They're those little stupid sucker fish that you have in your, in your fish tank. Right. That's what they are. And I show why that's what they are. Like, I'm never going to ask you to believe something I can't show you. Right. right. I can't point to the evidence. Um, I'm actually the next one is going to be, you know, two things they really love to point to that painting of a, of a Madonna where Mary is being uh, or the Annunciation of Jesus to Mary. And it's like it looks like there's this UFO. UFO. Yeah. Shooting a laser beam at her. It's like that's the most deceptive thing in the history of ever of ever, because what they do is they take the photo from like way away and all they do is they enlarge the photo. They don't get closer to that ufo and if you if you saw it you'd be like that's not a ufo at all and they know it and those things where you they're like well here's the crucifixion here's this artwork that has what looks like people in ufos 
are rocket ships in the background. Those aren't rocket ships. It's the sun and the moon. <laughs> and the people who did it, they understood it because it's a different mentality. It's not like they don't know what these things are. They have the other paintings that that's where it's very clearly the sun and the moon, right? Is right. but they pick the ones where the artist was personifying them because they used to do plays, right? Because they, they they saw the sun and moon as participants in the crucifixion, so they would personify them as people. That's all that is, and we know that it's a very Byzantine, uh, Byzantine uh, mentality. But everyone's like, no, no, no. We can't show all the other artwork that has like the sun and the moon with like faces on them. Right. It's like, well, it looks like a UFO. It must be a UFO. Right. And of course, we're going to talk about Sinai. We're going to talk about Ezekiel's wheel, which is the most bastardized uh, event in the Bible. You know, we're going to talk about all that. We're going to talk about Bigfoot. We're going to ask the question is Bigfoot real or is, I mean, is it a material creature? Is it a supernatural creature? Is it both? Hmm. Or are, is there multiple, like, we're going to have all of those conversations over at Siru Papers, uh, sure. the channel on YouTube. And we're also going to have, uh, you know, like I just actually debuted the first episode of Jason McLean Questions Everything. It will be on YouTube as, on the same channel. Uh, I just talked about the, you know, the leopard right. that was, that was do- donated to the UN. We're talking about Maxwell this week, the Maxwell trial. We're going to talk about that. So that's more for like, you know, things that are in the com- they're in the news now. Sear papers are going to be the, those videos are going to be things that you can share with your friends and be like, hey, I know you you, you think Giorgio Suclos is like the coolest thing ever. Uh, let me show you where he's lying to you through his teeth. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's um, I've been I've been guilty myself of watching those shows on Discovery Channel and such. But mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at the face value, they're interesting. You know, just to look at and maybe ponder, like you know, what if, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, but have you noticed the last three seasons, like literally the last three seasons, all of it is about the supernatural and the occult. None of it has anything to do with UFOs anymore. True. Yeah. Uh-huh. Not and a coincidence. No, yeah, it's not. It's and it's so I've always been kind of interested as to, I guess maybe has we go back to kind of like the Vatican and, and the church and such, but um, has oh I want to say since before. I wouldn't even say just recently, but way back in the days, do you think the church has always been corrupted by the devil or is that something kind of recent? That's a great question. I I didn't have a very um, nuanced view on a lot of things because it's not because I'm trying to be some milk toast Vincent or anything like that. Um, (laughs) Milk toast. uh Uh-huh. No, (laughs) but it's because I do think, I, I try to give everyone the same grace I would want extended to me right and also beyond that though i tend to think life is a lot more complicated than we want it to be like we want we want things to fit on bumper stickers right nice and it's like i'm sorry the world doesn't fit on a bumper sticker like there are some things that yeah you can probably boil down to 10 words and you can do a little snap bite and or sound bite and that'd be fine but the vast majority of of human history doesn't fit on a sound bite so what I would argue is this, Deuteronomy 32, okay, most of the modern Bibles work off of the Masoretic text. Uh, in, in Deuteronomy 32, it basically, it, most will read that humanity, after the Tower of Babel, was basically broken out according to the sons of Israel, okay? A lot of people point to the number 70, the number of people who enter Israel, number 70 shows up all throughout the Bible. 
the Septuagint and uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls and a few other texts read that humanity was apportioned according to the sons of God. Right. Uh, people who, who are familiar with Michael Heiser, I cannot recommend his work enough on the divine council. We have to rediscover, again, why could Paul say with such certitude that there were spirits over these nations? And right. here's the thing, we often say, well, he was trying to actually tell us the order and the hierarchy of the of angels. That's not what he was doing because the words he used were actually specific Roman governmental titles, right? Sure. It would be like saying our war is against presidents and senators and governors and, and, and uh, mayors of the supernatural world, right? He was putting this idea into context that there are powers in a hierarchy over nations what we would call counties, cities, even neighborhoods. Hmm. Paul could say that with such certitude because of what he understood about Deuteronomy 32, about the divine council. Again, Psalm, uh, I always get it wrong. I think it's Psalm 39 or Psalm 82, the one where Jesus, that Jesus quotes and says, um, you know, you will, you, you, you believe, you, you know, you say you are gods, but you will die like, like men, like the princes of men. Okay. Right. That Jesus quotes. Um, that Psalm that he quotes is again is is a is a divine counsel text at the tower of babel what happens is god divorced humanity right and in that there are now supernatural beings over humanity that's this is this is just the way things are so to my point here just like the matrix said that anyone who wasn't unplugged is a part of that system that's the way our world works if you are in a nation, you're again. However, however, the supernatural world breaks that up. You have that that authority is over you. They're influencing you, what you believe, what you think. Any major organization, and this is a long way around to get to your point, right? I'm sorry about that. Oh, no, it's good. <laughs> I, I kind of need to build up a little a little um, sort of background here. Sure. The reason this is important is that any major organization, in my opinion, has a spirit under it or over it. And that, and that tells you who runs it, right? And so there can be good people under that spirit. There can be Christians under that spirit. The problem is the majority of people are going to follow that spirit, right? Now, that spirit doesn't have complete and total control. It's a corrupting influence, but it doesn't have complete control. You still have free will. Everyone still has free will, but most people, again, if you're not unplugged, then you're under their power, right? I think the problem is with the Vatican with any large, and really this is any large group because it doesn't take long between before any large group does corrupt itself. Right. Is that those spirits are real. They are interacting. If you're not actively fighting against them, then you're running with them and you allow them to corrupt you. I think in, in we can see the symbology as well. And that's a whole, probably an entire other conversation um, about the symbology of it. But, when you look closely, you find the same symbols used over and over and over again, because it is the antichrist spirit. Anything that has power and authority will be corrupted by these spirits. Right. So I think that there are, even today, I think there are many, many people who are part of the Catholic Church. They are sincere. They are honestly trying to work. I think they're even in, in uh, fairly high up. The problem is any large any large system will be corrupted by the spirits involved. And I think the problem is more people are going to come in 
and be corrupted. We're told in the Bible there would be tares, and you can't tell what they are at the beginning, right? Right. It's and so the problem is there's going to be wheat and tares. So I think it was it was a again I think there's I think there's there's Christians in there that they were they were well meaning just like there are Presbyterians that are Christians that are well meaning just like there are Baptists who are who are Christians and well meaning. But they all of these organizations have become corrupt over time because it is the nature of the way. Because it by and it becomes real hard to fight against something you don't believe exists too. Right. I mean, let's face it, the American churches are functionally deists. Yeah, and it's it's sad. I mean, we've we've spoken about this before. It's mm-hmm. you have like priests or exorcists that don't exorcists, let that sink in. Yeah. Don't don't believe that. The devil's real they don't believe that, mm-hmm. that there's demons or you know just and it goes to like not just exorcisms but priests now that have their own congregations yeah. that, that preach nonsense from the pulpit mm-hmm. don't preach what comes out of the bible um and then you know so like i've referenced or i spoke about if the church has been taken over obviously it has but kind of when that i guess what kind of when that kind of happened around what time but i mean if, if, if you've obviously heard of um father malachi martin you would know he oh, yeah. spoke about even like in the 70s or something like that yeah. like early 70s that, that that was kind of when the church was really taken over and i actually have one of his books here um about the collapse of the roman church and, and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. um reading like halfway through right now but it's such a huge book it's like 700 pages but um yeah no, you know, he, he did a he, lot of work on that he spoke a lot about that specifically that around the seventies was kind of when that really took off and you have like the pink, the pink uh, Cardinals and they have all their kind of underground kind of sex mm-hmm. things and orgies that they have going on in, like, yep. in the Vatican. And it's just gone to shit. And it's no wonder that now today that's trickled down and we see a lot of what's happening in society today, especially yeah. within the church that's not existed really. Well, and so let me, and so this is where I, again, the nuance sort of comes back in a little bit more. I would argue the problem is the entire question is, has, is flawed. Okay. Here's why. The, and let's just talk about the Catholic church exclusively at this point. Okay. Just exclusively, just to, just because it makes this conversation way easier. Sure. If, you know, the Catholic Church, the question even becomes, when does the Catholic Church even become the Catholic Church? Now, the Catholic Church will tell you, oh, we, Peter is the first pope. Well, okay, but let's be honest, that's not really when the first Catholic Church evolved, right? It's really when the, it wasn't even when they became, when Christianity became legal. It was when Christians had political power. That is when the Catholic Church, and that's much, much later in the story. Sure. Once it becomes, once you stop being a torch and you become and you get political power, that's when it becomes corrupted. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I don't think that the Catholic Church has ever been exclusively without true believers. Sure. But as the power, as it became more and more politically powerful, it became much easier to corrupt. And it's and the church has gone through waves of reformation and then greater decline. All of it is sort of revolving around political authority. Sure. Now, the reason it didn't look necessarily as bad in the past as it does today is because we can actually talk about it. Right. We, 
for everyone who, who realizes how much our news is propaganda, it's always been propaganda. Always. History is propaganda one way or another. Right? So the problem is it's all the corruption has always been there, sort of and, and, and the problem is there have been good people, there have been things happening. It's just more nuanced. The problem is the as technology has grown, the evil has grown, right? The the pressures have changed. But it's so the question is it well, when did when did it fall? Well, it's that's not really even the issue. The issue is it is that it's 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 fallen and risen many times. Right. Right. But and, and the problem is there's always a remnant somehow, some way, as God has has worked through history, right? As the societies change, as these things change and evolve. The the things it takes to reform, the things that you know, and, and anything and there are plenty of things that started with good intention and they were good and godly, and then of course over time it becomes corrupted and now it's the problem. I would I would argue there's no difference between the Protestant Church, uh, even particularly the Evangelical Church of today, and the Catholic Church of 500 years ago, right? Except for the fact that the Evangelical Church can't burn you at the stake, <laughs> but we do so. But yeah. we do burn people at the stake, uh, just metaphorically, right? Because the problem is, any institution of will eventually corrupt itself. Because it is not because that is the nature of our world. It is a corruptible thing. Only individuals can re, can resist corruption, but right. we have to resist it diligently. We have to be again. We have to work our salvation out with fear and trembling, and we need to believe that we're actually fighting something. We don't even believe. I mean, most American Christians today don't even believe that the kingdom of God is a real kingdom. They think of it as a metaphor for being a good person. <laughs> it's i'm gonna go don't get me wrong feeding the homeless and and helping the poor these are all wonderful things we need to be doing them more i i would also argue that we actually really need to talk about what's going to take to help the poor and really help the homeless but it's a whole different again different kettle of fish i got no problem with helping anybody i think we should that's what we're here for but that, well, let me phrase this that's not why we're here it's a function of our of our kingdom sure the problem is helping the poor is not being the kingdom Right. Right. You're just doing a good thing because you want to get praise or you want people to be like, oh, aren't you such a good person? You, you look at all these selfies you took of, of you handing out food to mm-hmm. poor people, to, to homeless people. You're so good and you really care about the community. That's not what this is. You're supposed to care about the kingdom. You're not Republican. Right. You're not Democrat. You're a, you're supposed to be a Christian who is who's here to serve the kingdom. Right. I have a responsibility as the ambassador of the kingdom to try and make the world as good as I can. But I do so because I am expressing, this goes back to the idea that the world, that philosophy, politics, culture is all, is all, it's the children, these are the children of worldview. My worldview, the biblical worldview, is that as a Christian, I am an ambassador of a real kingdom that's got to take place here. I am telling you that this is, the, that Jesus is the king and the and that his way is right. His is the way of life. And I do that by expressing this is what the kingdom should look like. It right. is to help the poor. And the, but I do so showing you that this is how the kingdom asks us to live. I am responsible for my actions. You are responsible for your actions. Jesus isn't going to ask me why you're sinning. <laughs> yeah. You have to know him personally. God has no grandchildren. 
straight up. And yes, we live in a world of demons. We live in a world of supernatural beings that are out to get us, and we have to and we have to call those things out. People are are they fall into sin because of these creatures. I don't look down at at Nancy Pelosi and think, man, what you know? Look at how evil Skeletor is. She is evil, right? And yes, she is Skeletor, yep. but she's not the problem. It's right. the spirit over her that's the problem, and I have to recognize that. That's why I have to. I can only look at her with with pity. I pray for these people because they're not my enemy. They're my brother and sister who have fallen astray. They are the the prodigal son. They're still eating the pods of, uh, or they're longing for the pods of the of swine. That's what they are. How can I have anything but but pity for them? I want them to come back because it would make my God, my King, my Father rejoice for them coming back. He wants them to come back to this kingdom. Right. And I can't. So yes, I can argue again. I will argue against them all day long. I believe that their beliefs are evil. What they're doing is evil because their worldview is evil. But I want their souls in the kingdom. I don't hate them. I pity them. Now again, what does any of this have to do with Bigfoot? Again, I go back to worldview. Right. The Bible is very clear. We do have enemies, and they are supernatural, and they express themselves in many different ways. And you have to be wise on the ways that they express themselves. We should be able to point to these exotic creatures that people see and say, yes, that is evidence of the fact the Bible is true, that there was a worldwide cataclysmic event. We can discuss the details. We can argue about the details. But the event occurred, and some of these creatures survived unchanged. That's evidence that Noah was real. That's also evidence that we're all the same family. I can't hate someone for being black or Chinese or uh, American Indian or, 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 or Pakistani. I can't hate some other race. We're all one family. I can't hate someone that God loves. Right. That if, again, if the Bible is true, then we would have to live very differently. I would argue that this is, again, this is all about, for me, worldview. I would argue the mass, the vast majority of Christians don't even understand the biblical worldview because they would change their life immediately if they actually did. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, it's, I feel like in my lifetime, I was, I mean, we're pretty religious growing up, you know, Mexican American household. Yeah. Uh, going to church but, 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 and grandma and all that stuff. But yeah, later on, you in went life, to church and you had chunkles thrown at you. That's, that was your. <laughs> That was, that was, you know, that was life, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like since, I mean, I guess like middle school on, I guess mm-hmm. and I'm, we'll be 36 tomorrow, but you know, since like, like the middle school age mm-hmm. up, I, f- I felt like it's little by little, it's been, God's been taken mm-hmm. out of the schools, been taken out of the household, mm-hmm. been taken out of churches, out of yes, everyday, yes. everyday life, you know, and these were kind mm-hmm. of people that were more spiritual and more followers and believers these were cornerstones in their households and in their lives and show them how to live life and you know how to like maneuver through this world a lot lot better nowadays it's almost like a you get made fun of but if you if you mention god or like you say a prayer or something and people are like this guy's into god what the you know what the heck like it's it's more of like a like a you, joke, you know, behind your back. Oh yeah, it's like it's... you, you're, you're one of those crazy people who takes the Bible seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, like there was a meme I saw the other day where it's like, 
um i forget i think it's the it's a was it will will ferrell from uh anchorman right. and says uh pastor reads from the bible progressive christian well that escalated quickly <laughs> i mean we can't even get american christian we can't even get christians to believe that the bible is true i'm right there with you but yeah. let me say this i i think because i agree everything you just said is 100 true okay but let me point something out and, and this is why i'm actually i i, I was very black pilled for a long time right it's just like hey it's all going downhill but hold on all the things we're talking about now epstein right uh all of you know the child trafficking all of these things political corruption that's always been the case it was just hidden what's happened now as we as as a again christian nation uh that's again longer conversation but we'll just start with christian nation as we grew right the problem is christianity became a culture as we've because we dis we actually disengaged from from the bible because there's always a remnant just like ancient israel right we disengaged as a culture and so the problem is once the culture becomes unmoored from the bible people are going to regress they're going to go back to being lovers of self they're going to want to call good evil and evil good that's the human nature all this is done. All and, and again, people lament this, but I think it's been a great thing because I think what God has been doing is separating the wheat and the chaff. That's all He's been doing. He's been saying, "Hey," because again, being a cultural Christian is going to send you to hell just as fast as being an atheist, just as fast as being a Satanist. Culturally Christian doesn't mean anything except you're just going to go to hell prettier. <laughs> True. So as the culture disengaged, everyone wasn't really exactly. And well, you know what? It's real easy to pick on Joel Olstein because he's obvious. What about all the other churches? I think I heard some one time there was a I don't remember who it was, but it was definitely a pastor of one of these mega churches, and he was advocating for he was saying like God wants me to have like another jet, like the second jet for the Creflo Dollar, Creflo Dollar, and um. Oh, I my mom actually watched him when I was younger. Um, he's I think he's even low, I think he's even here from Texas. Yeah, um, I just forgot the guy. Yeah, he he even did like a couple of Western like Christ, Christian Western movies. Um, Kent, hmm. no. Um, oh, dang it! Hold on, I gotta look this up now. It's gonna kill me. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's it's rough, <laughs> and it's, I, it's sad. I can know. see this man's face, uh, and I and like again, if if we had just been talking, I would have remembered his name. Sure. Uh, hold on, TV pastor. Okay. It's rough. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. It's even worse that they're all mostly or a lot of them are like in the south, and and they have a lot of big churches here in Texas and stuff. And it's yeah, it's oh, this is gonna kill me. Thank you.